Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. How y'all doing? Hey, we do me a favor. Just do me a favor. Can we just go back into prayer for a moment? Is that all right? Will, will you do that with me? I know we've been shouting and all those things, but we're talking about prayer, and, and as... Um, Jennifer is here with me. I just feel like we need to pray. I, I sense, especially during the last part of that prayer uh, and that prayer time, is there some of you here that uh, you, you're saying, God, why haven't you answered my prayer? Uh, you're, you're maybe even beating yourself up saying, I know I've blown it along the way. I know there's things in my life. Let me just say this to you. There's things in every life. And there's prayers that's been answered in the lives that maybe we would consider the worst lives. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, I think we can all feel as though sometimes ours is the worst life. Amen? Will you just stand to your feet with me as Jennifer just begins to play? I just want to pray for you that are here right now. I, I just want to pray that you'll begin to understand the grace of God, the blessings of God, the presence of God is not based upon our actions, certainly not based upon our, our performance, it's based on his love for you. And he loved us while we were yet sinners. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, I love that because you are my target audience. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't know Jesus, with everything you've gone through, everything you've done, he already loved you. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And for those of you that you're like, I'm not a sinner, I'm a Christian, but I've blown it. Listen, God did not clean you up for you to mess up and then to go, ooh, gross, I can't touch that now. No, 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 no. Even as your worst as his child, he loves you. Just like a parent loves their child. So Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for those who have been far from you, maybe those that don't even know you. Let them begin to understand your great love for them. That you sent your son while we were sinners and he died for us, he covered us. And God, for those who are beating themselves up over their actions, those who are saying, I know God's not answering my prayer because I'm not being right. No, no, God, help them know that you, this is a grace-based relationship. You love us, Lord. Uh, and Lord, I know you love us too much to leave us where we're at, but God, you bless us as we come and you bless us as we go and you bless us because of your covenant with us. You bless us because of your love for us. And God, we just declare right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we're believing for more stamps of answered prayer, God, in every life that's here. We declare your word over every person, Father. And Lord, we just thank you that today we'll receive from your word, we'll receive from your grace, we'll receive from your power, we'll receive from your love. Come on, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, in the name of Jesus. Come on, amen. Woo! Give someone a high five or a hug before you're seated. <laughs> and, and I know I know they've already greeted those online, but we'll say to online community once again, if you cannot be here, we're so glad you can be online. But if you can be here and you're sitting at home drinking coffee in your PJs, you should be here. 
Because there's nowhere like the house of God, being with the people of God. You can't experience what we just experienced online. You just can't do it. So we love y'all, and if you can make it, make sure you are here. We're so happy to be here once again. Uh, one, of the, one of the ladies I was speaking to before church said, you're here so often, now you should just buy a house. And don't threaten me. <laughs> uh, we just love this house. We love your pastors. Pastor Terry has been our dear friends now for over 20 years and been on this board, I think, for 15 or 16 years as directing the house and going forward together and setting vision and casting future and forecasting a change and all the stuff that goes on. And, and we just love them so much that they, they, we just appreciate them. Of course, you met my wife already. Uh, we should have just let her preach, I think. Uh, she was just getting ready to go off right there. Uh, and of course, we've made so many relationships. We call this our home away from home. You are our family. And, and so many people we've met and so we're, we're still meeting and getting to know, so we appreciate you very much. I love to do this confession. I've been doing it for 26 years in the church we're in. Will you just follow along? I'll say it. You repeat it. Is that fair enough? And those at home, you, you need to say it as well, so let's say it together. Father, this is your word. Your word is spirit, truth, and life. You are my life. I come now with open eyes, open ears, and open heart. No open mind to receive everything you have for me in your word. From this day forward, I will be forever changed into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Come on now, someone give him praise. Ha ha, he's worthy. I'm going to take this recording and show it to all of our locations and tell them that's how it's done right there. Y'all did good. That was great. Um, let me just talk for a little while if I can. Anyone that knows me knows that I love music. And, and I don't mean I just, it's not that I just appreciate music. I absolutely love music. Most of you here, as I'm speaking, you've heard me break into a song. Everything reminds me of a song. It seems like there's a song for everything. I was raised in music. My family used to sing the Grand Ole Opry three or four times a year. So it's in my blood. All my family are musicians and singers. And I love, love music. Music, as long as it's good. Everyone say it's good. That's why I love the Father's House worship because it's good. And you might be saying, I want to be on the worship team. Well, if you can sing, you can. Uh, I'm kind of like Simon Cowell sometimes. I just call it like I see it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and some of you, if I say yes, I even like rap, you're going to groan. You're going to be oh. And if I say I even really appreciate um, classical music, my wife's going to groan because I do have a fond affection for all music. Although I have to say 70s classic rock is still my favorite. You are my people. <laughs> you, you are my people. Um, I, I will say, though, that I do probably, and I'm more impressed with classical music probably than any other genre. And, and the reason is because the, the live music is even better than the recordings. I can't say that for all my favorite 70s rock bands. We know there's some that can get together and they can do an acoustical thing and it's cool. But to put together a good rock concert, there's still effects, there's still smoke, there's still machines, there's still, you know, screens, all those things. But when you come to a classical symphony orchestra, it's the music itself that's the show. There are no fog machines, there are no screens. It just absorbs the room, come on, with them all playing their part. Come on, everyone say playing their part. 
Uh, and so I just think to myself how wonderful it is that these individual musicians, an eclectic group of people, can come together with all, all these instruments individually and, and together play a masterpiece that can last and sound beautiful and just fill the room with the beauty of music, all right? I, I don't know if you've ever watched or if you've ever been to one where they're warming up before the show and as they're warming up before the show, they're all playing a certain part they want to play on their instrument individual, and they're kind of playing on top of one another, and it just sounds like a, a noise of chaos. It's like a chaotic, noisy room, but when the conductor, come on, everyone say conductor. When the conductor stands up and he takes the baton or the wand, whatever you call it, but takes the baton and he snaps it down on the music stand and, and begins to conduct the orchestra, all of a sudden everything comes into harmony, everything comes together, and there's this beautiful individual music, music that comes as one piece together, and it absolutely is stunning to listen to. Um, in the Bible days, in the Bible times, there were no symphony orchestras, but I believe the Apostle Paul kind of gave us a, a picture, a snapshot of what that looked like to him when it came to the church. Everyone say the church. Look at someone and say, we are the church. So we pick this up where Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27, and here's what he says. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Come on, everyone say many parts. Everyone say one body. Makes up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. That's the church. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Everyone say the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not the hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. God created us just the way he wanted us. He gave me this big head and these short arms on purpose. He said, I need one human being at least that looks like a T-Rex and he created me. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it comes to the body of Christ, he has placed everyone within the church where he wanted each part within the church, with the giftings you have within the church, with, with, the, with the talents you have within the church, even your personality that we're still working on together in the church. Uh, not everything is right in the church because sometimes we're all wrong in the church. You have issues, you have issues, you have issues. All God's children has issues but we're still part of the body of Christ. Amen? Everyone say many parts. Everyone say one body. In fact, somebody, look, 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 look at this. He said, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I have a friend who, through diabetes, lost his big toe on his left foot. 
You will never know how important your big toe is on one of your feet until you've lost one of your big toes. The balance factor, the walking factor, all the things. And we don't give much thought to our big toes for the most part. I do because I broke both my big toes, so I protect them right? And I cover them. And sometimes what we would think is the least important has to be covered with more honor and more grace. Everyone say more honor. Everyone say more grace. Look at this verse 23. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the most honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. What makes for harmony among the body? That we care for each other. What is it that creates the harmony? That we all do our part, we all play our part, and we do it all together. Come on, so there is harmony in the body of Christ as we care for one another. Amen? Look at someone and say, I'll care for you. Now, can't you feel the love? <laughs> right there in the room. And that's what makes for harmony. Verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Today, I want to talk about alignment. Can we do that? Just for a little while, I want to talk about the idea of alignment. I think that's a very important word when it comes to the church, the unity of the church, the functionality of the church, the influence of the church, the light that shines from the church. I believe it all comes down to this word alignment. In fact, our title today is going to be Aligning with God's Word. You can just write that down. Aligning with God's Word. It was aligning with God's Word that saved my life. It was aligning with God's word that when my wife and I were in trouble and actually went through a divorce, that it was the word of God spoken in our hearts that restored our marriage, that restored our family, that restored our purpose, that restored our life because we chose at that moment to align with God's word. Not, not just simply what her friends were saying or my friends were saying, not what the world would say about it, not even what some counselors would say about it, but the counselor, Jesus, when you take him as the word of God into your heart and you align with that word. Come on, how many knows all things work together for good for those who love him, those called according to his purpose. That's us, amen? Sometimes we make aligning with God's word difficult. Um, and I think because we do it because we think we are soloist musicians. We, we take it on as just an individual playing just a part by themselves. And it's like, you know, one part's playing their, their part, then another person has a problem, they're playing their part. And before you know it, in church, we have a chaotic mess everybody playing their part on top of one another instead of listening to the conductor Jesus as he stands up and he speaks the word then all together we come together with harmony it's a beautiful thing the Bible says this is how the world where you know you're my disciples that you are in harmony and that you have love for one another isn't that a beautiful thing 
that Jesus being the conductor of this orchestra, we all play our part in unison together and the eclectic body, the different parts of the body unify together and out of that sound doesn't come your sound, doesn't come my sound because there's not one instrument by itself that's nearly as impressive as an entire orchestra when they play together. It's more powerful and when the church is unified by the conductor Jesus, there's this beautiful thing that takes place that people see the light of his love and they run to that light. Amen? Our church has also been in the middle of a series about prayer. And last week we handed out index card where we wrote down names of people we're praying for that don't know Jesus. And we can't wait. I love the, I love the stamp. We need to get that stamp. We can say answered, born again, saved, redeemed, restored to Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. And so this is what I'm talking about today. As a result, if we're not careful, alignment with God uh, is not easy, but it, it does put us in harmony. It puts us in harmony to fulfill the will of God in earth. Come on. There's not a better thing we can do. There's nothing more powerful that we can do. There's not a greater purpose on earth that we can do than to fulfill the purpose of God for our lives on earth. Come on, y'all with me. And we're doing this through the church. I'm going to say the church. And the church is the most powerful entity on earth. We can't call it an organization because the church is a living body. It's an organism. And as we live together in harmony, the power produced is amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. And we're going to talk about it in the sense of prayer today. Today we're going to consider three things about prayer in alignment with God. So get your notes out. I know some of you are filling in your blanks. We're going to begin the first one, number one. Prayer aligns us with God's spirit. Prayer aligns us with God's spirit. Everyone say God's spirit. This is the first and most important thing that prayer accomplishes, is it brings us into alignment with God's Spirit. And maybe that sounds obvious. Maybe that sounds like, you know, well, duh. Maybe we think that way, but let's admit that so often we fail to actually do this. We need to remove whatever keeps us from aligning with God's Spirit from our lives so we can be in alignment with God's Spirit. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, then we'll jump down to 6 for time's sake. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands, come on, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, right? And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. How many like to know that whatever you do will prosper? I know that that don't happen 100% of the time, all the time. Some of you have been watching your, your, your retirement account and you've been a little worried in today's economy thinking this is ridiculous, it's going the wrong direction. No, 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 we don't base our life upon the economy of the United States. The government we serve is built upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Everything's gonna be all right. Every little thing's gonna be all right. I told you, songs come into my head. And, and we can prove it by jumping down to verse 6. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the godly or the ungodly shall perish. Amen? So if the way of the ungodly perish, he knows the way of the righteous. That means the way of the righteous will always prosper. 
Our leaves shall not wither. Our fruit will not die. We shall remain prosperous when we align with God's spirit. Let me tell you something I'm convinced of. If we put God first, we will never be last. If we put God first, we will never be last because he loves us that much. We cannot align ourselves with God's spirit without the Bible, period. That's why Pastor Terry, that's why we as pastors say all the time, study the Bible. Don't just read some verses. Don't worry about doing another devotional. Let's work on being devoted. Y'all hear that? I mean, we get, a, we get on our version Bible in our group. We stamp a done so our friends can see, oh, Kevin did his devotional. Isn't that great? I would rather have 10 people be devoted than 10 people just doing a devotional out of a, a habit or of a practice or of a show. Everyone say, be devoted. And so when we talk about this, we cannot align without the Bible. If the Bible, is, if, if the Bible we get is only on church on Sunday morning, there's no way we can be aligned with God's word. If the only Bible we get is right now, the only teaching we get right now, the only study we get right now is this moment in church and the Bible is not part of your life throughout the week, you cannot stay in alignment with God's spirit. Uh, it wasn't very long ago I had a noise in my truck. And when I'd go to drive my truck, I'd get to certain speeds and it would be like, boom, 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 boom. So I did what I thought, you know, I should do. I took it down to the tire shop. I had the tires rotated and balanced. I did what was necessary. I drove off. The sound was still there. So I went back to the shop and they took my truck for a drive and they came back and they said, your truck is out of alignment. Everyone say, out of alignment. <laughs> See, and some of you, you wake up, you think something's wrong. My marriage isn't where I want it. I'm not happy. My emotion's out. You got the spiritual womp womps. Womp, 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 womp. You know, what does that sound? That is, your, that is your life out of alignment with God's spirit. Womp, 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 womp. And, and so you do what's right. You, you balance and rotate. You say, we've not been going to church like we should. So you come back to church. You're going to be faithful. It doesn't work. Something's still wrong. So now you, now you rotate. You decide you're going to find a different church because obviously there's a problem with that church. This is how people rotate and balance their spiritual life. They try to do something to get God to love them a little more. And when that doesn't happen, it must be the church. It's got to be the pastor's fault. So we just, we rotate to another church. And the problem is wherever you go, there you are. There you are, right? And so it's not about, it's not about our performance before God, although I think there's spiritual disciplines, obviously, like the word that's necessary. It's not even about what specific church you're attending at the moment. It's about your personal life. Are you a self-feeder? Are you taking the word of God in? And if you are, you will be in alignment with God's word. Amen? We have to put God first at all times. Not sometimes, not when it's convenient, but at all times. We know how this works. We have a problem, we have an emergency, and then all of a sudden we become the most fervent prayer warriors ever. We're on our face before, oh God, I need you. And then when the problem or the urgency is gone, if we're not careful, the alignment is gone once again. That we think it's okay now, we're doing good now, and we kind of let our foot off the gas pedal and we slow down in our process of the word of God within our life. Come on, everyone say, stay focused. The problem is sometimes we want to be the conductor of the orchestra. We want to pick out the piece that we're going to play, right? And this is where we go wrong. It's not about the tune that we want. We must be aligning ourselves with God's spirit. And this is by the word of God, the Bible. Amen? Number two, write this one down. Prayer aligns us 
prayer aligns us with God's people. Prayer aligns us with God's people. Everyone say God's people. Not only with God's spirit, but when you're a praying person and you're praying the word of God, it will align you with God's people. Um, Once we realize that we are not the conductors, once we realize we do not get to pick the music, once we realize this is not a solo act, but it's a symphony orchestra designed by God, being aligned with God's word will naturally align us with God's people. It just will. There will be a love in your heart for the people, even the ones that irritate us. It's easy to love the ones that are like us, right? It's easy to the, one, the ones that we click with, we can love them. That's, that's no problem. But that person that just grinds you, that person that just rubs you wrong, how many knows when you are in line with God's spirit, his spirit in your heart and his love in your heart will cause you to even love your, and be at peace with your enemies, the Bible says. Amen? So we have to understand that. Why? Because the church is the bride of Christ. It's known as the bride of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. We are the bride of Christ. I've heard people say, I love Jesus. I just don't love the church. I love Jesus. It's the people that give me headaches. But the hard truth comes straight out of the Bible. You, You may come straight out of Compton. You may have come straight out of gang life. You may have come straight out of jail. But the, but the truth comes straight out of the Bible, amen? And we say straight out of the Bible. It says it right here in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second most commandment is this. Love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. These two commands are the most important. What, what did the Holy Spirit just say? The most important, wait, wait, there's commandments like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not have other gods before me. There's great commandments, but he said these two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, might, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself are the two most important. How can that be? How does that even make sense? Because he knows when our love in those two areas are intact, we won't be doing the other ones. He knows that when we love like he loves, when we live like he lives, when the Bible's in our heart, we're aligned with his spirit through the word, we won't steal, we won't kill, we won't want to do those things because we're aligned with God and now we're aligned with God's people. I mean, just think of how silly it is. I love the church, but I don't love the people. That's like you coming to me after church saying, Pastor Kevin, we just love you, but your wife is not our cup of tea. I'd be like, you're getting ready to get your cup busted, brah. <laughs> Some of y'all are gonna be playing with a busted cup. You, you know what I mean? Because that's my bride. You might talk about my bride somewhere else, but don't talk about my bride to me and don't let me know you're talking about my bride. You can talk about me and you'll be fine. You talk about my bride, I, I've got something to take care of. And I'm telling you right now, I think sometimes we think we love Jesus, but we talk about his bride. We're not in harmony with his bride. I'm not sure, but if you love your bride like I love my bride, I believe Jesus loves his bride more than we love our brides. Amen? Amen? So we cannot love Jesus and not love his bride. When we love others, we're actually loving ourselves because we are one. The Bible says we are one. That if I hammer my finger, my entire body fills it. And when I gouge and devour and bite against a person in the body of Christ, the entire body will fill it to some degree. 
So we have to understand that we align with God, spirit, through his word. We also align with God's people, right? We need the church. We need each other. This really shouldn't be a surprise. If I was to ask around this room for stories of your lives when you were most in tune with God's spirit, walking in what we would say is victory or walking in joy, walking in power, walking in strength, I guarantee you that there would be story after story that would trend to say, well, that's when I was in church and, 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 and I heard the youth pastor say something or I heard Pastor Terry preach a certain message or I was in small group and I walked away encouraged and I overcame something. We will find that the trend of growth always trends with people in our life because we we strengthen one another as the body of Christ and as we strengthen one another and we align together the world will know that Jesus come on was sent by God the Bible says and so we must align with God's people amen yeah. alignment with the church is vital and it happens through prayer come on look at someone and say have you been praying <laughs> number three here's here it is number three prayer aligns us with God's mission Prayer doesn't just align us with God's spirit. Prayer doesn't just align us with God's people. Prayer aligns us with God's mission. His mission is our great commission. Go into the world, preach the gospel. But as we align with his spirit, we have that enablement, that power, that, that empowering. When we align as the body of Christ, we begin to be a representation of the love of God, attractive to the world. Then when we align with his mission and we go and tell somebody about it and they come into a place that's in alignment, how many knows they know they have found something they need? Right? That's why you attend this church. Because you found people and you're in alignment with God's word. This is our last point this morning. Before we go, I want us to remind, I want, I want to remind us that we have a purpose Come on, look at someone and say, you have a great purpose. Come on, look at someone else and say, you have a great purpose. <laughs> there is a requirement that we be aligned with God's spirit. There's a requirement that we be aligned with his church, and that happens through prayer and speaking the word of God, but there's also a requirement that we line up with God's mission. People go to church for a myriad of reasons. They, they do. Some of you came to church because you felt guilty about your life. Some of you came because there was a pizza night and you were invited. Some of you came because there was a cute boy or girl there that you wanted to meet. Some of you came because of certain reasons. Maybe someone bribed you. I really don't care. Those things don't bother me as long as you got here. All I know is once we're here, there needs to be a shift that we begin to understand the reason we're here is to find God's purpose. That we're involved with God's mission. Come on, y'all with me. Uh, I, I think and I can unequivocally say that God has a big purpose for us. And in fact, God's purpose for each of us in this, in this arena is so big that when we talk about prayer, he dedicated a specific prayer to the thing I'm talking about right now, the mission. He dedicated a specific prayer concerning reaching the lost. He dedicated a moment where he said, this is what I need to tell you as my church, that in this arena of reaching the lost and being who you're supposed to be in the commission, my mission, I'm gonna dedicate a moment to teach you about praying about it. And, and it's powerful when you stop and see what's being said. And I'm gonna read it in the message paraphrase. 
Christ, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies, healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to the disciples. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. I love that last sentence. On your knees and pray for harvest hands. God has blessed us with eternity. Will we not bless others? How can we keep such a great message of salvation Change, restoration, hope, love, joy, life for eternity to ourselves. When he's literally called us to align with the spirit, to align with his people, his bride, so we can line in a mission as we pray for the lost. As we say, God, you said as you looked over the crowd, you were moved with great compassion because they were aimless, they were helpless, they were hopeless. God, I hear your words. One version says, pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors in the harvest field. You can't pray that prayer without being one. It's unfair to say, I'm gonna pray for labors in the harvest field and not be willing to do your weight and pull your weight. I pray for labors in the harvest field because I'm a witnesser. I'm a witness. I'm telling you right now, I will look for open doors everywhere I go and if there's an open door, I'll kick it open. I'll just kick it open. I'll just find a way. I love talking about Jesus. I love his mission. I can't pray. I can't pray one single day without praying for the lost. God, send the lost. Send the lost, Lord, into our churches and our locations. Send the lost, Lord, into my path. Send me the lost when I go in to get my coffee. Send me the lost when I go in to get my groceries. Send me the lost wherever I'm at, God. Prayer, intimacy with the Father. It'll put you in alignment. It'll put you to a place where you understand you're a part of something greater. And you're like, oh, pastor, you're over-dramatizing this. Really? Because we love the movies, don't we, in Hollywood, where they, where they have the hero that saves the day. You remember that? When I was a kid, it was Bruce Willis. Y'all remember that? I, not so much anymore, but it was Bruce Willis. Now it's still Tom Cruise with the new Mission Impossible. And, and we all like, ooh, that's cool. He went off the cliff. And he, yeah, okay. But yet... We say it's over-dramatized, but he's called us to that role. That the people you meet, you're not just going to save their lives. You're going to save their lives for eternity when you're aligned with the mission of God. That when you pray, when you're on your face before God, you don't just say, God, I pray for the world they'd be saved. God, I pray you send them to my life. I can share my story. I can share your heart. I can share your love. I, I saw this as the body of Christ in the mission and our staff getaway that we were just on. We walked into a restaurant to have dinner. And, and I don't know, there was probably 15 or 16 of us somewhere in there and your staff, your pastors, me and my wife were there. And all of a sudden, one of the men of your church, Steve, uh, he said, that, that man's choking. And up he went, like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And Pastor Chris followed right with him. And 
they grabbed the man and they started doing that maneuver, that Heimlich maneuver. And, and, and all of a sudden I looked around and, and Pastor Simone, she was on her face like this in the restaurant next to people. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. That's what she was doing. And then all of a sudden I heard this voice, this screaming. I looked around, here come Maggie. Maggie was like warring. She was a warrior. I was looking around like, this is the church. And the man died right there in the restaurant. But this team didn't give up. They kept praying. They kept saying, Larry, come on, Larry, talk to us. Finally, Pastor Chris went, Jesus. And Larry goes, huh? I think that's when he tossed up his food. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the man started breathing. And life came back into his body. The coloring went back to normal. The blue and the purple was gone. Not only did he come back alive, he didn't even go with the paramedics. He stayed in the restaurant and finished his meal. That's what happens when the church prays. That's what happens when the church is aligned. That's what happens when we're on mission. That's what happens. Come on. Woo! To borrow a line from the Blues Brothers movie, I'm on a mission from God. Y'all remember that movie? You know, it's amazing if I was to take a room like this and we were to set 100 pianos in here. They had 100 pianos. I was reading this not long ago. And if they took the first piano and they tuned it, and it was tuned correctly, then they took the second piano and they tuned it to the first piano, the third piano and tuned it to the second piano, the fourth piano tuned it to the third piano and all the way down through the 100 pianos and then they struck a chord, it would be out of tune. This world is sick with the spirit of comparison. We look at Instagram, we look at the highlights of someone's life. Why can't we be more like them? Why are you tuning yourself to someone else's life? That's not how they tune a piano. Can I just be honest? That's not how they tune the pianos. They, they, they take a thing called a tuning fork. Everyone say tuning fork. I bought this one on Amazon. It's pretty cool, huh? I have a tuning fork in church. They take the first piano and they... Everyone hit that note. Some of you are good. Some of you not so much. Not, uh, uh. <laughs> so the first piano, they strike the fork, uh, they tune the piano. They go to the second one, uh, and they tune the second piano. They go to the third one, uh, uh, they tune it, and all the way they go through the 100 pianos. Not tuned them to each other, but aligning them with the perfect pitch of a tuning fork. Then, when they strike the chord, then when the music begins, then when they begin to play all of them together, it's harmonizing, it's wonderful, it's playing together. Everyone's in key, everyone's playing the same thing. It's a thing of beauty. Where's your, where's your prayer life at now? Where's your alignment with God's spirit? Where's your alignment with God's people? Where's your alignment with God's mission? The word of God is the tuning fork for the body of Christ. There's no other way to tune yourself. Oh, we, we know Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But that's because Paul was just a fantastic tuning fork. I believe your pastor is a fantastic tuning fork. Follow your pastor. If someone else blows it, 
Well, I was church hurt. No, you weren't. I, I get so tired of hearing about church hurt. You weren't church hurt. You were hurt by a person in the church. Well, it was the pastor. He's still a person. Lay it down. Look at the real tuning fork, Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and know that you were the joy that he endured for. Amen? Amen. Can I just pray for you? Can I just do that real fast? Father, I pray for every person that's here that they won't leave like they came in Jesus' name. Help them to be transformed, God, from the inside out. Help them, Lord, to understand that the alignment with your word, the alignment with your spirit, by your word, the alignment with the people, by your word, with the alignment, God, of your mission, by the word, is what makes the church a powerful place. Now, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many here will say, Pastor, this week, listen to me, those of you that are born again, you know Jesus, this is your church. This is your home. How many will say in agreement with, by the lifting of your hand, you'll say, Pastor, this week, don't lift him yet. I'm going to work in the alignment with God's spirit. I'm going to work on the alignment with God's people. I'm going to work on my alignment with God's commission. The Holy Spirit spoke to me during this service. I know I'm born again, but I need to really make some alignment, some adjustments in the alignment of my spiritual life. And if you're going to stay with me right now, this week you want prayer to make sure you're doing that. If that's you, you're going to do it. You're going to commit to that. Will you just lift your hand up? Come on, lift it up. Hold them 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 up. That's good. Good, 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 good. So many hands. Okay, you can put them down. Father, I pray for every believer. I pray for every individual just now that lift their hand, even those at home, God, right now, that they're agreeing. They're saying, at this moment, I'm going to make some alignment. I'm going to make some adjustments. I'm going to make sure I align with God's spirit and God's people and God's mission. God, I pray they'll never be the same as they leave here. God, Holy Spirit, remind them in the coming days, weeks, and months of this moment. You reminded them of the adjustments that need to be made. One more question now. I don't like to close the service without asking this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord? I'm not asking you if you went to church as a child, you were baptized as a baby, you're a good person. Those are all cool, but that is not salvation. Those things will not get you to heaven. We were all born into sin, separated from God because of the fall of man. Sin separates us from God, so we were born separated from God. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness for sins. That's why Jesus came to earth in the form of a man. He lived a perfect life, born of a virgin Mary. At the end of his life, they led him to a cross where they crucified him, spilling out his blood. They buried him, but three days later, he rose from the dead, conquering sin and death because he loved us that much. His blood does not cover your sin. His blood obliterates sin, erases sin, past, present, and future. The book of Romans says this, so listen carefully, this is salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. What does that mean to be saved? First of all, it means saved from an empty life in this earth, that void, that chasm, that emptiness you have in your heart. Maybe through the years you've tried to fill it with drugs or alcohol, parties, relationships, business, money, career, hobbies, busyness. But you still understand there must be more to life than this. And there is, but it's, some, it's someone, not something. His name is Jesus. Secondly, he's saved into a place called heaven. When this life is over, eternity begins. It's either heaven or hell. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not even trying to tell you about hell. I'm trying to tell you about this place called heaven. It's the perfect place. No more sickness, no more pain, no more disease. Nobody's wearing a mask in heaven. Jesus is the love and the joy and the peace 
But Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father which is in heaven but by me. So once again, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, people are praying. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to put a spotlight on you. I just want to pray for you right where you're at like I prayed for the others. But if you're here right now, if you were to meet God tonight, today, you're not sure where you stand with God. You want to make Jesus your Lord. You want to know that you're leading your family to heaven. You want to know you're going to spend eternity there as these others already have. Come on, just slip your hand up right back down saying, pray for me, Pastor Kevin. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Are you here? Just so I can see. God bless you. There's one. God bless you. There's two. You can put them right back down. Someone else. Just slip up. God bless you. There's three. Someone else, just slip it up. Thank you. God bless you. There's another one. Is there someone else? You can put them right back down. Is there someone else? Come on, I'm, I'm going to wait just for a moment. If that's you, you feel that tugging. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Is there another? Come on, I've seen five or six. Is there? Come on, is there anyone else? Just say, Pastor Kevin, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to be my Lord. I, I want to know that heaven's my future. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can put it right back down. Thank you so much, young man. I'm going to pray a prayer now. And those of you that lifted your hand, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me out loud. Not by yourself, everyone here that is born again, I'm gonna ask you to say it with them, to support them, so we're all gonna say it together. But those of you lifted your hand, pray this with us. Those of you at home right now, that maybe you're, maybe you're saying the same thing, yes, I need this, I need Jesus. This is the prayer you can pray, and then let the church know. Let the church know. Those of you lifted your hand, let the team know afterwards you prayed that prayer. I know they'll have instructions, but let me pray the prayer. Come on, y'all repeat it after me. Everyone together. Father, come on, everyone together. Father, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son. I believe he died on a cross. He was buried and rose again. Jesus, I confess you now as my Lord, my Savior. Forgive me for my sin. Make me new. From this day forward, I place my life completely in your hands. And I place myself in a local church to learn more of you. That through greater knowledge of who you are, I will grow in deeper love with you. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.